Hey everybody, it's episode 386 of PodQuest. We are hey, less hey. than 20 episodes from 400. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. We are, what, four, wow. 14? 14 episodes from 400. Yeah. Wow. We, uh, we'll have to maybe figure something out for episode 400. Maybe. Nah. It'll just be a regular episode. <laughs> it depends on if we're all here at 400. You never know. Yeah, I mean, Rich, who knows if you're even going to survive that long. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, um, anyway, I... I, uh, I, I don't think I did the date. It's Wednesday, January 5th. This is the first episode of 2022. Um, I'm Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi. How are you guys? Oh, I'm all right. Literally just got an email that uh, Motion City Soundtrack has postponed their whole tour, so that's cool. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I feel like that's going to happen a whole bunch, and I'm really bummed that like all those concert tickets I bought are probably going to be postponed. Uh, I feel like this next month is probably going to be the extent of it. Hopefully, I mean that's that's the hope. Like I think like the, the the South African model was showing about two months for Omicron, and so that gets us through the end of February when everything should die down. But there's a very a variation between we're Northern Hemisphere, they're Southern Hemisphere, so it's summer there, it's winter here, and blah blah blah, and this and that. So it's they're, they're still running the numbers to figure mm. it out. Also, don't forget this uh, country is full of a bunch of morons and, you know, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, true. Um, uh, what was I going to say, though? I was going to say something. Fuck. It's one of those days. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I Oh, um, episode 400, what we were talking about before. Uh, April 14th is, is when that should happen. Mm-hmm. I, I put it on the site Makes a while sense. ago when I realized it was coming up, and I did the math. So yeah, <laughs> April April fourteenth that that'll be the day that episode four hundred releases. Nice. Yeah, it seems a little crazy when you think about it. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean it's th- the fact that we do fifty two episodes a year, um, and we've been going on for over six years or close to six years. Like, oh, we've missed a week here or there too, so, or not six. I I I mean eight. It's been a long day. We we haven't missed an episode though since I think twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen. Like good for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's it's gonna be a weird episode, guys. Why do you say that? I don't know. I feel like we're all just kinda tired today. And like not like tired like we're like we're not like interested in talking, but just like tired where I think the conversations are just going to be weird and maybe not totally linear maybe we'll see i i mean we're we're all going through it right now with the with with omicron and everything it's just it's well no you're going through I, with omicron. Uh, me and drew are actually pretty yeah. safe mm-hmm. yeah i uh for for the uh listeners um information last week i had talked about that i got a covid test it came back there i didn't get the results until monday i got it on wednesday damn i didn't get the results until monday morning at three in the morning that's insane <laughs> They came back negative, ran out. That day, I, I worked. I had to cancel all my plans throughout the weekend until I got it back. That day, I worked and and then went food shopping after work. And then um, today, I find out somebody in the household tested positive. So I'm back on quarantine uh, for the next couple of weeks. Which really does suck. Um, yeah. If, if you need, like, help, like, getting, like, groceries or anything like that, um, let me know. Like... You can always, like, Venmo Erica money, mm-hmm. and, like, when we go shopping on a Sunday, I can, like, pick up stuff and drop it off at your house. 
I appreciate it. We should. I should be good through next week. I know you normally do like uh, food shopping like every other week or whatever. So yeah, yeah. So I should be good through next week. I I started. Uh, uh. I mean, not rationing, but rationing and figuring out like, all right, how much do I cook? How much can I eat? This and that. And I know my. I have my plans for what I'm going to cook this weekend to where I should not overeat. Until maybe late next week, if if I planned it all out properly, um, I sh- I should be good. Um, and hopefully by then the you know if you are safe or not. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the the problem with it is uh, I have we we have an unvaccinated person here, and they are both sick longer as well as contagious longer. And so because they're contagious longer, I have to wait until their contagion is done, and then five days after that for my contagion to be done whether or not I'm sick, because I there's a very high likelihood I won't display any symptoms because I am vexed and boosted. Even if I get sick, there's a chance I won't display any symptoms. So I got to wait pretty much five days after his five days or ten days or something like that. It's, I don't know, I have to do the math and figure it all out. But we were supposed to record bonus action uh, next week, um, uh, next weekend. And it's not going to happen. Such that's for sure. What an asshole! Uh, I mean, here's no, the no, thing. You. Um, I'm just, I just want to be clear. I'm talking about you. I know. I know. <laughs> the thing is, I don't want to record that over the internet. So if it turns out that we have to take a break from playing the game in order for everything to be safe to be able to record, it's going to happen. Um, it's just we. I'm. It feels like feel like there's. It's going to be better quality if we're all in person instead of online. D and D online is rough. So. Yeah, that's why I it's that's why I thrown out there in that group chat we had earlier that if it looks like maybe we aren't going to get to record before the end of the month, um, yeah, we'll like hop on like board game simulator or something and play something mm-hmm. we've never none of us have ever played before, and then we'll do like a like an hour long like discussion about about the game afterwards and throw it up on that feed. And um, yeah. if we're doing it on like board game simulator, like we can just record the gameplay with like OBS or something and upload that to YouTube also. Yeah. We, uh, but we should, uh, with, with how everything's, how everything works out, we should be good to be able to record at the latest on the 30th. Should be. Who knows? Um, so we should be able to record on the 30th, which gives you, Cobb, a week to edit before posting. Yeah, like as long as we record by the 30th, I can at least get one episode edited mm-hmm. by the 4th for Patreon. And then the other ones, yeah. like, I have a little bit more time to, to space yeah. out. But And that's everything works fine. No one else gets COVID. No one else gets sick. And we can all meet on the 30th. So it's it's still up in the air because, like we already said, Omicron is wreaking havoc. That it is. Uh, but enough behind-the-scenes quarantine chat. What is on the agenda for tonight? Uh, so tonight, Cobb, you're going to talk a little bit more about Skyward Sword, even though we spent like an hour on that last week. Um, I played Tribes of Midgard. We all watched, uh, the latest episode of Dropout's, uh, Game Changers, and I want to talk about it, because it was great. We all also should have at least watched Final Fantasy, uh, 14 Doc from Noclips, and a little bit of conversation about Cobra Kai Season 4. That sound, and then Cobb watched movies on New Year's Eve. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to go long on any of those, except I, I have. I have some things I want to say about Fast Nine. Family. That is not <laughs> a thing I want to say. It'll come up. It always comes up. But 
His family, man. Whew, that fucking movie, guys. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so S- Skyward Sword, um, I don't want to talk a lot about it. I just want to say that I did try it with, um, with the Pro Controller. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it both controls a little bit better and worse, as weird as that is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so it's, what I'm noticing is when, when you have your sword, whether you're holding your sword in a direction or not, it is very specific on what it considers a sword-like swing. Whereas I feel like with the motion controls, the way that they had it set up was, it was a little more accurate. It's not the right word, because I really doubt it was super accurate. But it was just a little more like if you flick your wrist, it's going to count that as a sword slash, regardless of what direction you're going in. Um, this game is very much like, even if you move quickly, it doesn't always count it as a slash. Um, specifically if, like, for some reason, your, like, trajectory trajectory changes at all so like if i'm trying to slash across but like just by like the natural like way my thumb moves back and forth it like dips a little bit it seems to not necessarily count that as a slash because maybe the sword pointed down slightly for a second as it was going across um it's just it's very very inaccurate when it comes to to the attacks when when you're fighting are you like tap 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 back and forth or are you like tap tap Chat like rhythmically. Both it it depends on what the like what the situation is. Um, like if if I'm doing one of the um, there's that guy on one of the sky islands that has the giant bamboo tree that you can chop. Mm-hmm. That is very much like a tap 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 tap, like just like going in one direction very quickly to try and get as many cuts as possible in it. And there are some enemies that are easier to take out if you are kind of like rapid fire because they just it doesn't give them time to block like the um. Oh, what are the fucking lizards called in Zelda? Lizfos? Lizfalos. There you go. Um, they're very just frustrating to fight in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, like in any game, like they're just very jumpy. They move a whole lot. Um, they block very, like basically everything and they don't have an obvious opening the way most of the other enemies seem to have. Um, but mm-hmm. if you kind of, once you catch them, if you just kind of like wail away at them, at them really quickly, you tend to get quite a few hits in. And that's not a big deal. Like, usually if you're going very fast like that, um, once you get your first strike in, the follow-ups are okay. It's usually getting that first strike to actually count as a slash and to count in the direction that you're trying to slash. Um, it's just, like I said, it's very inaccurate on the analog stick. Um, it, it definitely is a little bit better on the, the pro controller, but still not 100%. And I feel like I, me personally, I have a little less accuracy when it comes to going like, in a straight line with the analog stick on the pro controller, probably just because it's a little bit bigger. Um, the mm-hmm. the Joy Cons are, you know, they're tiny, so like moving across the thing, like there's not a whole lot of movement going on there. Versus mm-hmm. um versus the the pro controller, where like it is a little bit bigger, it has a little more little more space to move around. Um, mm-hmm. one of the most frustrating things I ran into though was um the very first boss, I guess you'd call it, that you fight. Um, like the the main villain, I guess he is. Um. When you fight him in the first temple, the game gives you absolutely no direction on what you're supposed to do. Um, and it's because you don't have the more minute control that you would have with just moving the, like a Wiimote around, like with the motion control. It's very hard to realize that you're supposed to hold the sword in one direction until he walks up to you and reaches for the sword. And then quickly, but not too quickly, move the sword to the other side and quickly slash back with it. Like it is it was not a good mechanic at all. Like in any way, shape, or form on the Switch. 
Um, Rich, I, do you remember that fight at all? I I played the game so long ago uh, that it's that's what like, I figured, but so I wasn't sure yeah, if, you, if you had a remembrance I'm, for it. I'm like the only rem- the only memory I have of uh, like in it's of specific combat. There's a couple or like one or two, and it's uh like the one thing that's coming across my head. The reason I asked the tap 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 question was I remember the the combat because it was the motion plus, and it was very good. The motion plus was very good. Like the the attack motions were more fluid. It wasn't you couldn't just waggle your wrist. You had to actually swing your hand because it it wouldn't work otherwise. Like it, like you could put your like arm out and waggle your wrist, and he would put the sword out and just like spin the sword around. Like and that's how good the motion was because it had the Wii Motion Plus. Um, the other thing I remember is the final boss. You have to make sure to use a Skyward Sword, which took me, like, three tries before I realized you could do that. Um, like, the, like, the point the sword up to charge it and then slash? Yeah. Okay. Like, you have to do that. It took me, like, three tries of dying before I tried that once. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm sure they were telling me in the background. I just wasn't get, catching it. Maybe Fee was saying it somehow, but it's all text, so I wasn't reading it properly or anything. Um... But no, I I don't remember fights specifically. But okay, so well, so th- this the first boss fight. It's the the I don't know who he is. He's basically he is trying to capture Zelda so that he can awaken his master or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's popped up a bunch of times since then. But um, yeah. I, I'm I just finished the second dungeon. Just to, like the the second dungeon is the fire dungeon where you um you fight like the giant molten spider rock thing. I, yeah, yeah. Um. But so in this fight with him, um, it is not telegraphed well or like even told well. He's basically coming at you the whole time, like just slowly walking towards you because he, like he's better than you. So like he's not actually concerned. If you just slash your sword at him, he grabs your sword. If you don't wiggle the analog stick, he actually takes your sword from you and then throws it at you. Um. And mm-hmm. like that's easy enough to to avoid. But it turns out he doesn't attack you otherwise. He's just trying to steal your sword from you to then throw it at you. Um, so I spent, I don't know, 20 minutes, like, dancing around this guy, never taking damage because he doesn't attack you. And it's easy to avoid your own sword being thrown at you, unable to, to hit him. Because every time I, I swung at him, he would just grab the sword and I'd have to waggle the analog stick till I got, got it back. Um, mm-hmm. I finally just looked it up to see, like, what the trick was because nothing was working. And that's when I found out that, like, you literally have to... Hold your sword to one one direction, like all the way out, and let him approach you. Because he won't attack you. He won't do anything to you. You just let him get, get all the way up to you. And when he gets up to you, he'll slowly start to reach his hand towards your sword. And then you have to just move the sword to the other side and then slash from that side. But mm-hmm. using the analog stick, if you move too quickly, you just end up slashing. Uh, yeah. So then he just catches the sword and you have to have to battle him for it back. Yeah. So you have to do this very, like, intricate, like, move it to one side and then move it back quickly. And there were plenty of times where it just didn't fucking work. Like, the slash just didn't happen coming back. Um, Or I wasn't quite fast enough, so his hand actually changed position and he would just catch the sword and I'd have to do it over. Um, And then the second phase of that fight, he just starts doing crazy shit. And one of them is he shoots, um like, five, like a, a row of, like, five of the bird things at you. Um. 
And because slashing is so inaccurate with the analog stick, it's very hard to get like diagonal slashes like on command, like in like a timed window. And that's basically what you have to do. You have to time your your slot shot just right that you're slashing back at these birds to send them back at him. And yeah. if they're if they're straight across or up and down, it's it's not as bad. But as soon as he throws them diagonally, you're just you're you're getting hit. Like there's there's not really any other thing to do. And then he has a bunch of other like bullshit attacks that like don't really have any obvious tell for what you're supposed to do when you're not able to just like move the sword around in your hand. Um that you end up just button mashing essentially. Like you just as soon as he does something, you just start like wailing away at your sword and hope you hit him as he comes at you. And it's just I could definitely see how that stuff was meant to work with the motion controls, but like it does not work at all with what they're trying to do with the the analog stick controls. That said, beyond like the the combat, like I think the rest of the game actually works pretty well. Like the puzzles are all very Zelda puzzles, like exploring the world is very Zelda y. Um there's some things that are just, they're not super intuitive, like throwing things, um, especially like bombs and um, fuck, there was one other thing that was super unintuitive and I forget what it is now, but like it works. It's just one of those, it's not second nature sort of throwing because it's kind of like um, Drew, it's, it's like when you're playing like the hockey games, like you're using the analog stick to throw things. Oh, okay. so it's, yeah, but it's, it's not like an, it's not just a, I shouldn't say it's like the hockey games and you're using the analog stick because you're not like pulling back and then flicking forward to throw a thing. You're basically either pressing up on the analog stick or down. And that determines if you're throwing it in an arc or rolling it across the ground and you get like the arrow on the ground for like the direction it's going to go. And then you hit another button to actually get rid of it. And if you don't do it in like the right order, um, especially with a bomb, you might just accidentally drop it on yourself and explode it. (laughs) Yeah. I think if, if it, it's in my head that throwing bombs, uh, you would be like picking up and then throwing with the with the Wiimote. Oh, 100%. You probably uh, that, held the Z button. That, I think it was the Z button, the, like the trigger underneath. And then I think it was, no, that, that was B. Yeah. Was that B underneath? Yeah, it was B. Yeah, A okay. and B were the a. on the remote, and Z and X and Y, X, Y, and Z were on the joystick? Or No, no I don't. No, there wasn't a, an X and Y for it. It was yeah, A and B and no one XY. and two on the on the Joy-Con or on the Wiimote. And then I think it was just the one trigger on the nunchuck. It was the analog stick and the one trigger. Uh, two triggers. I you know, on the, I ha- on the I have on the joystick. A set of them like three feet away. Let me grab them real quick. <laughs> but yeah, no, that sounds weird and bad, the throwing things in yeah, the I mean, new version. Uh, it it's like I, I haven't played it. I don't know. I, I would like to try it, but like it just the game worked and felt really well with motion controls and like those controls and how particular they were, I guess is really hard to translate into like controller controls. Like it it it, it just Yeah. I I, I can I am back I can, by the like, way, but Rich, you yeah. are a hundred percent like it just does not translate well to yeah. the controller controls, but for the Wiimote and Nunchuck. Nunchuck is the analog stick, obviously. The Z button is, like, the big trigger, and then there's the C button, like, as a smaller button above that. And then uh, the Wiimote itself was the D-pad, the A button on top, the B button was, like, the bottom trigger. You had the plus and minus and home button, and then the one and two button. Mm -hmm. So, there we go. Because you could use that to play old school games with just the D-pad. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So, if I remember, so what I'm assuming that Zelda did was you hold the B button then, 
and then flick the controller and let it go to throw things, kind of like you did in, like, Wii Bowling and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, if, like, it's, I can't remember for sure, but, like, I have it in my memory that, like, you would hit B and hold up, and he would put it up over his head, and then you would flick it forward, or, or, like, motion it and toss it forward, and he would throw it, or you would hold B and bring it down and he would roll it forward and when you fuck it yeah, no, forward that, from being down. I would I would bet money that was how it worked um cuz that's basically the Wii Sports controls yeah. like if you're playing baseball it's more of an overhanded throw while holding the B button. If you're bowling it was the underhanded throw while holding the B button. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, like it's a shame cuz like it is actually a very charming game. Like it's got all of the Zelda things you want a Zelda game to have. It's just the combat is the most unintuitive, frustrating combat I can remember in a game. And, like, if the rest the rest of the game is good enough that I just keep playing, because it's like, I like this. Like, it's Zelda. It plays like Zelda outside of combat. The puzzles are there. Like, the items are there. I'm interested in, in kind of, like, the world that they're building more so than I expected to be. But, like, fuck this combat. <laughs> it's, but but I, I, I want to throw it out there. Is it unintuitive, or is it just not made for controllers? Well, that's what I mean. Like it, it is unintuitive on a controller. Yeah, like it was, it was. It's a hundred percent made for motion controls, and it was made very well for motion controls. Like I, I fell in love with the game. And like I, like I still argue that like even being made well for motion controls, motion controls are just not fun for ninety percent of people. Like I don't want to play a game where I have to like hold the sword above my head and shit. Because like you said, like. The, the Wii Motion Plus was actually pretty accurate. Like, you actually had to do the thing for it to work. And, like, I don't want to have to do that to, like, do things. Like, I don't want to have to pretend that it's bow and arrow. Like, that doesn't sound fun to me. You, I mean, you didn't have to pretend it was a bow and arrow. I thought that um, was the big deal with it. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Link's cross, crossbow training, I think. Uh, well, Link's crossbow, it came, the, the Link's crossbow training came with the gun con. Um, but that was, it was, it is a feature. You can do that. Or... Because I think you would have to hold C to pull up the uh, the bow, and then hold B to pull back and release. You don't actually have to pull the controller back. Like, you could pr- I think... You might have to, but that wasn't, like... You have to aim with your controller, because uh, Link is right-handed. I assume Link's right-handed, because I'm right-handed. He's right-handed um, so- in that game only. He's left-handed in every other Legend yeah. of Zelda game. I thought... No, they, they changed it for... Um... Breath of the Wild. Uh, not, no, I'm sorry, not Breath of the Wild. What was the the GameCube Wii one? Um, no, you're right. That's Twilight where Princess. they changed it. But yeah, Twilight Princess. But no, he's left-handed in the GameCube version. He's right-handed in the Wii version. Yeah, exactly. Every everyone before every console before GameCube, he was left-handed, and then yeah, like on GameCube, he was still left-handed, and then Twilight Princess on the Wii because it had motion controls. They swapped him to right. They 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 didn't even really do like a, a crazy change. I think they just flipped the whole game. Yeah, if I remember correctly, rather than have to go go in and like recode a bunch of stuff, they just basically flipped every asset around so that mm. everything was on the opposite side because more people are right-handed than left-handed, which is just fucking wild that they did that. Like it's clever. Like it's not a bad thing. Yeah. but just fucking wild. No. Um, but yeah, it's I, I'm gonna keep kind of like plugging away at it um but i just wanted to, to throw out there that like i tried it with the the pro controller and like it is it is a little bit better it's not much better and certain things aren't better at all but like it's a it's actually a pretty good zelda game without other than the combat like it's got it's got the stuff that breath of the wild was missing i guess is the be- best way to say it 
Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, But yeah, so what was next? Because I can't find the outline. There it is. Oh, Rich, you played Tribes of Midgard. Yeah, so, uh, Jurton. Uh-huh. You like Diablo, right? Uh-huh. You like roguelikes? Uh-huh. You're gonna really like Tribes of Midgard. Hmm. Because it is, it is Viking Diablo crafting with uh, roguelike. It's a Viking Diablo roguelike with crafting. Was this the game so, that got very, like, it didn't get bad reviews or anything? Like, it was kind of, like, mid to um, positive reviews, but for some reason it just immediately fell off of everybody's radar? Yeah, initial launch wasn't, it didn't launch all that great. Uh, it came out in 2021. Oh, in July. And okay. initial, yeah, in July. And initial launch wasn't that great. It was, like, it was, it felt like it was missing things, um, but they, they are doing, like, sort of a services type thing, like, different seasons. Right now, it's season two, uh, Serpent Saga. Um, and, like, they added a bunch of stuff. Initially, it was just, a roguelike, but they actually added, like, a story mode and things like that. Uh, they have a lot of, like, seasonal cosmetics right now, because Christmas time, you fight some of the goblins you fight are snowmen and shit. It's ridiculous. Um, did you buy this game? I did. I got it on Steam, because I got a couple Steam gift cards, um, for for, uh, Christmas. Um, and so, like, I tried it out last week, and I I thoroughly enjoy it. I, my, I, I did... Two runs. My first run was about a half hour. My second run was probably about an hour and a half to two hours. Um, and you, I was able to complete objectives for pretty much like chapter or like I'm on like chapter one, part one, and I was able to complete the objectives for part one. And I was trying to do the objectives for part two when I died. Oh, that's. Uh, I haven't gone back. I haven't gone back when when I died. So I don't know if like it'll start me at part two or if I have to start back at part one. I think you because it's called saga mode, and so every time you complete a part of the saga, you're supposed to jump onto the Bifrost and leave and get your rewards for completing that part of the saga, and then go back and do more. So I think it's going to continue with saga two or part two of saga one or whatever. And it's just it's it's really fun once you get uh like your first like. Uh, profile level up, you get uh, to choose either starting equipment or starting supplies and things like that. Uh, you the, the goal is to go out, gather supplies to build up encampments around your main base so that they can send you supplies so you can build and upgrade and repair the base around you as well as the equipment that you're using. And then go out and fight. And it's an isometric style, point and click. Um, it's, it's only... Two, two, uh, two attacks. It's me. It's left click and right click. There's nothing else, but you can like space bar dodges and it doesn't do a jump, but it dodges and stuff like that. Um, you can go out and you can potentially get loot by killing some of the enemies or you can build up your loot by completing objectives and achievements. Um, like one of the weapons I was able to build, I couldn't upgrade until I completed an achievement on my main profile, which after that second run, I completed that achievement, so now in continuing runs, I can build the third level of that weapon because I did the achievement overall. And it's just, it's, it's, to me, it's really fun. Um, it, it has a cool concept. The art style is really cool. Uh, and it, and the, the, the gameplay loop of, I think it felt like maybe every three to four days. The, the day night cycle is really quick in the game. And it felt like maybe every three to four days a new, uh, a new Jotun, which are the giant enemies, come and fight you. Um, and you just, it's, it's, it, it's just exploratory crafting 
like it's not survival because you don't have to worry about food and and water and stuff. You don't have to worry about that stuff. It's just crafting. And I, if you die, you come back at the world tree, and the whole goal is to protect the world tree. If you can't protect the world tree, then your run is over. But if you die like four times, that's fine. You just have to go back and get the equipment you dropped. You don't drop all your equipment. You just drop some of it. You lose some experience if for that run. So like your character levels up as you're playing, as well as you get your profile level ups after each run. And your profile level ups unlock differently, mostly cosmetics. They're not really that important. Okay. But it, yeah, it's just, it's to me, it's, it's really fun. Uh, it seems like they put a lot of work into it to have it become what it is now and, the overall reviews, like over a couple thousand on Steam, are overwhelmingly positive. Most recent reviews are overwhelmingly positive. And I just, and I think, I think you would enjoy it. It's, it combines kind of two of your favorite play styles of Diablo and Roguelike into one thing. Yeah, I, I was just uh, looking at like the screenshots on Steam. It, it has a bit of a torchlight look to it. Yeah. Yeah, it very much does have, so. like, a torchlight look. Um, one funny thing, I posted on my Instagram when I was playing it, because I was playing it on uh, stream, and it is uh, published by Gearbox Publishing. Mm-hmm. So I did hashtag I did hashtag Gearbox. I have a car guy follow me now, because <laughs> I did hashtag Gearbox. That's funny. And so I, I, I tweeted, I was like, I wonder if this guy knows that all I post are Funko Pops and my dog. Um, he, I, I don't know if he's unfollowed me yet. That's actually that's still funny, though. Yeah, and it's really cool. Um, you get different secondary abilities as you with each weapon, and so you build up mana by attacking, and you can use your right click to use your secondary ability. Some of them are just throwing like a single, or depending on the level of your weapon, a single or a double or a triple, like circular slash. Some of them are like an area of effect around you aura type thing. Um. I haven't really been able to experience too much. I've only played for about three hours. Because on stream, I only played for about two to two and a half. And then I played for a half hour to do the tutorial before stream. So I didn't have to do that while on stream. Um, And yeah, it's... it's there. There's a lot of, like, different strategy behind it where, like, what do you do first? Do you build up your own gear or do you you try to build up your uh, outposts so that they're bringing you equipment or you're they're bringing you supplies so then you can just use those supplies that they bring you every 10 minutes to then build up your base and your your equipment do you just go out and explore or do you bother defending your base for a long time there's a lot of different play styles that you can do and i've i've yet to play it with other people so like i said i only did about three hours but i i had a i had a, a ton of fun yeah and there's occasional like uh event quests and stuff that you can do on the map as you're playing as well so just to to throw out there, um, just to, to it literally goes along with what you were saying, Rich. Um, the team that made this game actually took inspiration from survival games like Don't Starve Together and action mm-hmm. role playing games like Diablo. Yeah. Um, the, it also says that, um, like you were saying, it doesn't feature permadeath or anything like that because they were trying to make it accessible and streamlined for new players rather than being very yeah very obtuse the way a lot of like survival games can be. Um, mm-hmm. And I may have missed you saying this because I, I got distracted for a minute with something. Um, but I like that the the whole like kind of concept is you're protecting the seed of Idrisil, and if it's destroyed, it's just Ragnarok arrives and the session's over. 
Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It's I, I didn't I didn't touch on that because um, it was like that's kind of how they explained it back when the game was originally coming out. I honestly don't uh, remember anything about this game other than yeah. like I remember it l- at the time when they first showed it. It looked incredibly like generic. Like it di- it just didn't look like anything special. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it did it did get um it's got like seventies on Metacritic. Um, so like IGN gave it a seven out of ten. So like it's not a bad score. Um. The Wikipedia for it actually says, um, Tribes of Midgard received mixed or average reviews for Microsoft Windows and PS5, according to Metacritic. Um, IGN liked the world and the combat, but criticized the time limit the day system imposed, writing, given how diverse, detailed, and intriguing the world can be, this hindered my ability to really explore and enjoy it. Yeah, I can understand that, because there is a day-night cycle, and at night, enemies will attack your base. So if your base isn't defended and, and built up enough, the enemies that are going in and attacking are going to destroy the world tree. So you, you have to be able to make it back in time for night. But like the day night cycle isn't, isn't that long, but it isn't that short either that, uh, like they give you ample enough time to ha- let you run back or find a teleporter back to defend. And then like there's teleporters dispersed throughout the entire place. Once you find it, you can then use it to go back and forth. So it like it, to me, that doesn't really hinder your your exploration because once night is over you just teleport back to where you were and continue doing what you were doing um the, the one of the great things that i love about this game there is no inventory limit for all of your inventory like you can hold all of the different kinds of woods all of the different kinds of stones all of the different kinds of metals all at once you can't you don't have to manage inventory you might have to manage like your weapon inventory because you can hold multiple weapons and weapon there are there is weapon degradation but they don't break if they break you just can't use it until you repair it. Okay. And if you you can generally hold or have two weapons equipped if both of those weapons break it'll switch you to another weapon. Okay. So it's just it's always good to like have a couple of weapons your main ones are going to always be equipped and every time you go to base you repair them. But if they happen to break while you're out, you may have a couple of others. You just go, either go into your inventory, quickly equip those two so that you can switch back and forth. And then once you get back to base, repair them. It's not, the weapon degradation is not a bad thing. It's honestly, I didn't realize it for most of my second run until like I was running around only punching things. It's like, what the hell? And then I found out, oh, my weapons broke. But I didn't know that there was a repair station. I just ended up buying new weapons. And then I found the repair station and repaired all my weapons. That's okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it is very streamlined. It is very much like you've got the roguelike aspect where once your tree is destroyed, your tree is gone. That's the end of your run. When you start back up, you start back with nothing and you have to build up. But if you die in game, you don't lose everything. You just lose something. And that's, that's like what I really like about the accessibility of this game. And it's just like it combat. It's you, it's mostly like click and hold. You don't have to tap, tap, click. Um, and the the like hitting, attacking things and hitting things to recover your mana. I mean, that's kind of in a lot of games now. It's just a it's a known thing now. But they they do a really good job of teaching you how to play in the tutorial before you actually go in and play the game. Yeah, which that's actually kind of cool because like a lot of times like survival games, roguelikes, anything like that, they're just they can be very obtuse. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, like, a lot of the survival games I've played, like, there's no... Like, the only one that I can think of that has a decent tutorial 
and it's decent. It's not amazing. It's Seven Days to Die, where they have seven quick objectives for you to do that teaches you how to craft and what you need to pick up and your major resources and this and that. But after those, they don't really give you anything else. And a lot of other um, survival games, they like they tell you, oh, here's how you drink, here's how you eat, now go. And they don't give you much. Whereas this one, it's like, okay, you need to gather wood, you need to gather stone, you need to gather this, this is why, you can repair this, you can do this, you can repair your world tree by giving it souls, you can do that, and blah blah blah, and they give, they tell you everything, or most things that you need to know during the, um, tutorial, like, it didn't tell me the use of the outposts, the farm, the quarry, and the forester, and, and things like that, it didn't tell me what those did, I just had to find out what they did, and once I did, it's like, oh, this is really cool. And it doesn't show you all of the merchants in your home, but you you figure that out by playing. Because some of the items and equipments you need, for instance, you need like iron ore, you need um, iron pieces, and then you need um, like processed iron, basically. Some items need all three to be made, but you can only, you, you can't really find processed iron out, out somewhere. So you need to upgrade one of your merchants to be high enough to be able to uh, craft your iron pieces and iron ore to processed iron. But you don't want to do all of it because you might need processed ore and pieces in order to make something. Okay. Yeah, it, that's... Yeah, I, I, Jordan, I think you would really enjoy it. Definitely check it out. Uh, I don't think it's on Games Pass. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought it. Um, no, it's it's likely but, not because it's, it, um, it's a PlayStation console exclusive. Yeah. Um, but it was on sale, which is one of the main reasons I bought it. I think it was less than 20 bucks when it was on sale. Uh, it's not on sale right now, I think. Well, the, the sale ended at 10 o'clock this morning. Yeah. It's 20 bucks normally, so it's not like it's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think, I think you might like it. Check out some, some gameplay videos. Definitely go check out my stream. And watch that if you want. I don't know. I, I think if you last... if you want to actually see <laughs> something that you like, Drew, maybe don't watch Richie play it. I played it last Thursday, so I believe last Thursday. But if I watch um, Richie play, I can see someone I'm going to be better than. Where if I watch like someone true. good playing the game, it's going to be like, I'll never be that good. Yeah, what's the point of playing that? I'll never be that good. Whereas if you see me, like, and that's the thing, if you watch somebody who knows what they're doing play... They're just going to go do things. Whereas my first playthrough, I was learning the game. So you get to sit there and watch me learn the game while you're watching me learn the game, I guess. That makes sense. So you get to learn it as well. Like, see it through fresh eyes. And bad eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I will be playing it again on Friday. I'm going back to some retro games tomorrow. we we'll be playing some Mega Man. Oh, which um, Mega Man? Mega Man One on what I got uh, on 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 on, uh, on my PC. I got the Mega Man Legacy Collection. Okay, uh, it was it was on sale during the summer sale. I got uh, what? How many games did I get? Uh, three games from these forty dollars that I got of Steam gift cards. I got the Mega Man Legacy Collection, Craftopia, and Tribes of Midgard. And then I also because it was like six bucks and a couple of the guys play it. I got this game called Paint the Town Red, which is just ridiculous. Why, um, why didn't you get Power Washer Simulator? I thought about it, but I believe it's single player. Yeah, I, um, I believe it has an online multiplayer now. And like Mega Man single I, player. Also, well, I uh, like a game like Power Washer Simulator. 
I'm not going to play by myself. I'll play with other friends as we're just fucking around or whatever. Um, it does have an online co-op. But, like, something like Mega Man. I literally bought Mega Man to do Retro Thursdays. Because I've been getting a little burnt out of the games that are on the Switch Online right now. Since I'm sticking mostly to NES, SNES, and Sega. And I'm not touching the 64 games yet. Because, um, to me, that's not retro. Dude, it's, it's almost thirty years almost old. 30, it's yeah, hundred percent retro. <laughs> Technically, I, it's like by the definite, like I, I somewhere there's a weird definition of retro. The three sixty PS three era is retro gaming. Now. Yeah, I trust so. me, I know, but but it's just it, to me, it's not. If I'm gonna play a retro game, when if I'm talking retro, I'm talking like I mean, like these those those old school games. Those like, are old like school the, games. You gotta think about. But Richie, also, think, think about it this way, real quick. The the 20-year-olds right now were not born when those N64 games released. No, I, like, like I said, <laughs> I know, but f- for me, when I think retro, I think NES, SNES, Genesis, and prior. Like, older arcade games and shit, too. I mean, like, for me, it's at least PS1 N64 era. Uh, I definitely am starting to lean that PS2, that gen, is retro. PS4. <laughs> last gen there's, man it's retro there's, there's still ps4 games coming out though <laughs> yeah but i mean there were ps2 games coming out until 2015 so who the fuck cares look they just released a, a super nintendo game like like last year that's true Did they? uh yeah, yeah somebody like like released a game on an actual super nintendo cart i can't remember what game it was but you could buy the cartridge and you could put it in a super nintendo and it would actually play that's pretty cool yeah um but i so i'm curious before we move on to the next thing Rich, when was the last time you played a Mega Man game? Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. There was back oh, uh, it was a couple years ago when when the Legacy Collection came out on the Wii. Um, I bought that. No, base that was, Mega that Man. That was around not not that X. was around when Mega, huh? Regular Mega Man, not Mega Man X. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They they had the they had the Mega Man Legacy Collection on the Wii. I bought that and started my way through all of the Mega Man games because. I believe Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 is 1 through 5, and then the second one is like 6, 7, 8, and 9, or something like that. Uh, some of the nine. later ones were just all of them. Like, I think the Switch release is actually all of them. If if Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 on Steam is all of them, I'm going to be so mad. <laughs> that would actually be very funny. But, like, really, uh, you only want 1, 2, and 3. Everything after 3, like from the core Mega Man games, were bad up until 9. So Legacy 2 is 7, 8, 9, and 10. And I, uh, what was it, what was the, um, the 8-bit one that came out on the Wii? Was that 9? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I played, uh, when 9 came out, I got 9, and then the Legacy Collections came out, the first one, and I got the first Legacy Collection, and I started my way through 1 through 6, and I think I got through, or halfway through 3, and then I, I, I ended up stopping because something else came out and I started playing something else. Also, what I was thinking of, I have for the Switch, I have what they released was Mega Man Legacy Collection 1 plus 2, which was just okay. all of the games. I, I completely forgot that it was technically the two different collections that they just sold as one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because there, there's also like the Mega Man X Legacy. Yeah, um, which I, they did the same thing which... with. It's like both Legacy Collections... In one package on the Switch with all of the games. Yeah, so I might, uh, let me add it to my wishlist while we're here. The Mega Man X and Zero, I'll add them all to my wishlist, but keep an eye out for them when they come out. 
uh, just to add something to the my retro gaming. I've been I've honestly just been in a Mega Man mood. Right. Um, yeah, I only ask because like with how much you don't seem to like classic platformers like Mario, I wasn't sure where you fell or what your your experience was with Mega Man games because those games are brutal in a totally different way from Mario games. I I I enjoy Mega Man games a lot more, especially the X games. Um, oh, I mean the X games are totally than, different than, like, too. I like than than like the 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 uh, the Mario games. Like I've always been a bigger fan of Mega Man than Mario. Which that's totally uh, fair. Um, and like, look, yeah. the first three regular Mega Man games are three of the best, like two D platforming, whatever you want to call them, games yeah. of all time. Um. Uh, definitely two and three. Like one is rough. Yeah. Like I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for one. Just no. all the cool shit gets introduced in two and three, and then after mm-hmm. three, it all just kind of goes downhill because they just start making weird, weird enemies. And then they the the two on PlayStation were not good. Um, when they like tried to add like voice acting and shit to it. Um, and then, mm-hmm. but then eight, nine and ten brought it back around. Yeah, I just realized it, or not even realized. I just saw they made Mega Man Eleven. Apparently, yeah, it was a, it was no. a two and a half D from like five years ago. Okay, it's that old. Cheat. I think it's so. eleven that old. I want to say it was like twenty seventeen, maybe even a little older. Twenty eighteen. Okay, so four years ago. Three and three months. <laughs> okay, so that's in the style, or essentially in the style of the remaster. Uh, ones. They it's made, they... more like X style, honestly, visually. Yeah, it, it's 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 2.5D, so it looks a little crisper and stuff like that, but it still plays like a... There's actually... There should be a demo for it on Switch. Um, it plays I'm... like a combination of old-school Mega Man with some of like the weirder like X mechanical... And not even like X mechanics, but just like things you would have expected to be in a Mega Man X game. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do tomorrow. I might, I might do more tribes in Midgard. I haven't fully decided where I'm going to play tomorrow, but uh, tribes in Midgard I find really fun, um, and I want, I want people to play it with. So I'm trying to push people to get it. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, well, do you want to talk about this dropout thing? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if the listeners know what dropout is, or if they've ever heard of dropout. Um, but for the uninitiated, it is, was, slash is, uh, the gang from College Humor, um, after, like, pretty much, we, we've talked about it on the show, doing a YouTube channel isn't very ben- beneficial, like, you don't really make a lot of money doing just a YouTube channel, so I believe, like, Dropout bought College Humor, and they have a, it's a, it's a very cheap subscription service, like, it's five bucks, not even, and they're constantly putting out content. And it's primarily comedy content. Uh, you might have heard of the show Um Actually, where it's shared for, show for nerds, where they, um, they, uh, talk about, they, they give a statement about something nerdy, but they give a wrong fact in that statement. And the contestants have to figure out what's wrong and answer, um, actually, and give the proper answer to what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And and then they have this show Game Changer, which is such a beautiful show. Uh, the basic premise is Sam Reich, the host, uh, he's also the producer and creator, he comes up with a game that the players are going to play, and then invites a couple of the gang from College Humor, or beyond College Humor, 
to come and play this game, does not tell them the rules, does not tell them anything about the game, just starts playing the game. And they have to figure out what the rules are, how to get points, and how to win by just playing the game. And every every game is different. Uh, the first game they ever did is called Lie Detector, where um, they would he would ask the contestants like a, a true or false question. Like, did you this? Did you that? Like, about themselves. And behind the scenes, they had the contestants' uh, partners saying yes or no to their to their answer. So it's like, do you have holes in your underwear? No. That's false. And, like, if they told the truth, they would get a point. If they lied, they wouldn't get a point. Um, another game is uh, that they've had, he, he, he brings in the three contestants, says, like, dog. And then whoever's turn it is, they have to bark like a dog. But initially they're like, he says dog. And their first, uh, D-O-G, dog. It's like, no, no point. And he goes to the next one until they find out, oh, we have to make sound effects. Which that one they have done at least, I believe there's four seasons of Game Changer. They have done that game every season with the same cast and continued their points going up for each time they played it. Which is just, it's one of my favorite games. But this one, the new one that came out last Monday, is called Original Cast Recording, uh, where he introduces the contestants, whom I don't believe any of them have really ever done anything college humor, and he just starts introducing this play, or this musical, with a, a pianist there playing, or a keyboardist, playing on the keyboard, playing these songs, and the keyboardist is improvising based on what Sam is doing, and then the the contestants then start have to start having to improv the songs. And it was just one of the funniest times I've, I've like one of the times I've left left the most that I wanted to talk about it. And I wanted to see if you guys enjoyed it. And I want to talk about it on the show and just let everybody know, like check it out. Um, but I just, I thought it was amazing and hilarious that I wanted you guys to check it out too. I had actually seen two of the songs on a uh, TikTok. Because I follow the Game Changer account on TikTok and uh-huh. saved them both because that's how funny they were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't enjoy this at all. You don't like fun, Cobb. <laughs> I do like fun, but like I did not fully understand. Like, Even though, Rich, you've, you kind of gave like an idea for that, I really didn't understand that it was just they just started doing stuff and had no idea what to do. So like, I was just very confused from the get-go about what was going on. But, like, I also don't like game shows or college humor. So, like, a lot of it just wasn't kind of, like, hitting for me. I did think that their improv, very good. Like, they were very talented to be able to come up with that shit on the fly and actually make it rhyme and sing it. Just, mm-hmm. it, it was not for me. Like, that whole channel, I can almost guarantee, is not for me. See, I'd have to argue, you said you're not a fan of game shows or college humor. The As far as I can tell... The only person who was from College Humor that was on that cast on that game show was the host, Sam Rush. I know. I'm not. The rest of them are comedians. No, no, I get that. Gen- generic improv comedians. I'm, I meant, like, I never enjoyed the content that College Humor put out. Ooh. Sorry. He's throwing things. Yeah. Come on now. My phone <laughs> fell. Um, yeah, like, it was just like every video I ever saw from College Humor, I just, like, there may have been one or two here or there that, like, were fine. But I just generally did not enjoy their content output. And I went into this totally open-minded. I just, like, I'm watching it and, like, this doesn't make any sense. It's 
kind of boring. Like they're they're very talented at improv, but I was other otherwise just kind of unentertained. Like, I, I, you, you don't like you, you you don't like musicals, do you? I mean, I don't dislike musicals, but I other than Disney musicals, like I've never really I've only seen like two. Oh man, you just you... so. Uh... I will, I'll say this. I agree with you that I thought College Humor kind of sucked. I like almost everything I've ever seen that's on Dropout. Like, this yeah. was, I've, I think, Rich, you have mentioned them before, and I've just immediately discounted them because you said they used to be College Humor. So this was actually the first thing I've ever seen by them. And I think, like, their production values were very good. And like I said, like, like the, the improv they were doing, they were really good. Like, they, the, mm-hmm. I could not do that. Like, there is no way I could do that and have anything coherent come out. Um, it's just like I didn't find any of it funny. That's a shame. That's a shame. That's comedic gold. That's <laughs> comedic gold. I, I I would you have the the um the trial for I think it's like a week long trial. It is three days, um, and I already canceled it. <laughs> was it? It was it three days? Yeah, and oh, like wow. I, as soon as we finished watching the episode, I immediately canceled it because I didn't want to accidentally be charged five dollars for stuff that I'm yeah I didn't enjoy because because like there there are a bunch. Of like really, there are some miss episodes of Game Changer. I will admit there are a few like episodes that really weren't that great. I mean, um, anything was... that is more than one thing, more than one yeah. episode is almost guaranteed to have bad episodes. Yeah, like there, there was there was one I remember uh, where it was like a conveyor belt, and they had, he he, you know the like the pen pineapple apple pen song or whatever. Yes. He basically would do that. He would say, like, a combination of words, and they would have to put together, like, a sandwich from things coming off a conveyor belt of, like, the stack of whatever words he said. That one, to me, I, I was like, this one's dumb. Because uh, I've watched every episode of Game Changer. Uh, there might be a few that I didn't watch that I missed while they were, like, still on, uh, like, doing it virtual on pand- during the pandemic. Uh, but, like, some of my favorites are... There's a murder mystery murder uh, one that is just I've great. That's in seen season clips one. From that, it one is so good. Uh, yes. There is um, uh, a spot. I think it's called like sponsored video or something like <laughs> that, where where they basically are trying to be salespeople for Sam and trying to advertise and sell something that he tells them. Uh, and they have a bunch of recurring jokes because they do that one like two or three times. They did uh, Secret Santa, which is basically they get a couple of contestants, a couple of people from College Humor on th- on there, and it's like, in this box is a prize. You open the box, you read what's on there, and then if one of the other players want to steal, they can steal, but you don't have to tell the truth when you're reading what's on there. So sometimes it's like, oh, there's these big prizes, other times it's like a punishment. Those ones are, are fine, they're not the best, but they're, they're just kind of like, here... Here's some prizes for people, um, but yeah, it's it's it, that that new one, original cast recording, has taken up the mantle of my favorite episode of that show, uh, over top of Yes or No, which um, Cobb, I know you you probably wouldn't like Yes or No at all because you kind of need to know the cast. Jordan, um, you might enjoy it. But basically, the premise of the game is all Sam asks is Yes or No, and they have to figure out how to win. And then they, when they figure out the rules of the game, they take Sam behind a curtain and tell them, tell him what they think the rule is. And if they get it right, they win the game. The game keeps going. So each contestant gets a chance to try to win the game. And it's just, it, 
comes to like such a hilarious ending for Yes or No that it, I've watched that uh, episode like anytime I'm having a really really bad day, I'll throw on Dropout and put that episode just to make myself laugh. Yeah, I think so. Two two things. One, I feel like the, like their content for me is very much what giant bomb content seems to be for you, Rich. Like, I just don't get it. Like, to me, it's not all that entertaining. The same way that, like, what we've shown you of giant bomb content, you don't find entertaining. Um, the other thing, um, thinking about it, you guys both watch a lot more, like, internet stuff than I do. Like, I don't watch YouTube. I don't have a TikTok. I don't have an Instagram. Like, I'm not watching, like, internet content the way you guys do. Like, I listen to a lot of podcasts. And, like, there are some podcasts I watch on YouTube, but they're still just podcasts. They're just a bunch of people having conversation. I'm not watching, like, silly scripted things or, like, TikToks that are, you know, what are they, 10 seconds or 20 seconds or whatever? Uh, they're, like, 30 seconds to, I think it, the max is, like, two minutes now. Oh, I'm thinking of Vines yeah. that were super short. Um, yeah. Vines were 15 six, seconds. Six seconds. Six, yeah. Yeah. So, like... I've got nothing against any of that stuff. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, this stuff's stupid. I don't want anything to do with it. It's just I never got into it, and, like, I don't care. Like, I don't like sitting on my phone watching short videos. Like, that's just not entertaining to me, so I don't do it. So, like, I think you guys just have a different sort of, yes, like, sector like of your fun. brain that... you don't. We understand. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't like comedy. That's... I do like comedy. I don't like that kind of comedy. You, but, like... You don't like improv. Yeah, I mean, like, I like some improv, not all improv, but, like, there are 100%, I am certain there are probably things on that ch channel that, like, I would find legitimately funny. This one oh, yeah, didn't... There's, there's... Yeah, like, I, I scrolled through. They have a ton of content. Yeah. I would probably find something entertaining, but, like, I don't want to give them $5 a month for maybes. Especially, like, I have, so, I have too many other things already that, like, if I want to watch stupid videos... I can just go to YouTube. Like, I have a YouTube account, and it's... I have For YouTube sure. Premium because I fucking hate ads. <laughs> um, not not that Dropout has ads, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm paying for one thing already. I'd rather just go use that thing I'm paying for if I want that sort of content. Um, um, a lot of I'm episodes of Um Actually are on YouTube. Yeah, I, but honestly, Cobb, I don't think you'd like Um Actually because it is in a game show style. And if that one's super a game show. Yeah, and like game shows, like I don't ha like I don't dislike all game shows, but like most of them, I just like I find them kind of boring, to be honest. Um, because it's I love either game shows. <laughs> like some of them are are fine. Like I don't hate all of them. Just you know, yeah. For the most part, like I like competition shows more than I like game shows. I'm the other way. I like game shows more than competitions. Like we've been watching Mostly. the hell out of the Great British Baking Show, and I absolutely adore it. But like. It's a competition, like, it's the same group of people slowly getting whittled down till the end. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, I don't give a fuck about Wheel of Fortune. No one gives a fuck about Wheel of Fortune, but, well, like... Wheel of Fortune sucks. Yeah. Like, Jep... Like, I actually... Like, I don't watch Jeopardy, but I have an appreciation for Jeopardy. Or at least for what Jeopardy Je used to be. I don't know if it's See, changed without Trebek. It's still I'll, I'll even argue... I'll even argue Jeopardy's not a game show. The fuck? It's Jeopardy is the it's, game show. Yeah. That is the it, game it's, show. It's, I'm sorry. It's a. I know this is splitting hairs, but Jeopardy is a trivia show. It's not a but game so show. That, I think no, that's, that's the thing. Like, game, game show is one of those things where, like, game show is the very high level umbrella, 
And then you have all those other things underneath it where like your competition shows are under are a different umbrella. But like you, your game shows, you have your trivia shows like Jeopardy or um um Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You have your like your your really like gamey game shows like your um your hundred thousand dollar pyramids, your dating games, your like hundred thousand oh, dollar pyramids. Still, I would put that still in the umbrella of a trivia show. Yeah, I guess that's true. It, I'm trying not to think a, of other. It's not a question and answer show, but like because the host is not giving like the clues in hundred thousand dollar pyramid but it's still someone trying to guess a thing they don't know yeah but you, you know what i mean like like there's a yeah. there is a difference between like a a show based around trivia where like your average person is not going on jeopardy who wants to be a millionaire there's there's a little bit of like an overlap there because it's really just like how do you do on like their internet test mm-hmm. um to get onto that but then you have like like shows that are their quiz shows or trivia shows but they're more like general trivia like anybody could potentially be on it um and it just comes down to you on like how much useless trivia do you happen to know and like how good are you at like context clues and deciphering things but like i've just i don't know like that stuff just doesn't appeal to me in any real way um so like anything game showy even when it's like jokey just doesn't like really click for me but like looking at some of their other content it's like oh yeah no some of this stuff looks like it's probably it, it it looks like they produce it very well and it's probably funny, but like I don't know. I just I just don't care about internet videos is it's kinda of, I like I like internet like essays videos more than even when they're like goofy funny ones, more than I'd like like scripted content like that. I just I just found out that they have all of the dorkly bits on here. I'm I'm scrolling through Dropout as we're talking. Just to see like other shows they have and honestly to mention they 20. have a lot of deep they have they have so many different versions of Dimension Twenty, which is their D and D show. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you get beyond Dimension Twenty, the rest of their things, I, I like. I don't, honestly don't know if I would ever watch. Um, I really have the subscription for Um Actually and 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 Game Changer. Been wanting to watch Dimension Twenty, just never got around to it. I did. I but saw like, uh, what's her face from uh that uh the shit. I can't think of her name. She Abria? did the yeah. She she was yeah. she's on something for them. Yeah, she. Yeah, DMs. It's a, it's a, it's a, uh, that's where Sarah kind of fell in love with Dungeons and Dragons. Was watching Abria DM on Dimension Twenty. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, she she does a. She had a season of in Dimension Twenty. I'm not sure which season it was. Uh, generally, it's um, it's DM'd by um, uh, shit. What's his name? Brennan Lee Mulligan. Yes. I I find him fucking hilarious. Oh, he's very funny. Um, but yeah, they they brought her in. Uh, I you know, Cobb, I'm gonna have to send you some of their clips from Breaking News on um on YouTube. Can have you watch some of those? Um, because that's just don't laugh news, where it's fake. It's obviously fake news, but it's them just trying not to laugh while saying these stupid hilarious things. But see, like something like uh, that, like I. When it's, like, purposely, like, people trying not to laugh at something because it's outrageous, like, I don't find that funny. Like, I would find it more funny if they were, like, reading real news, but, like, making it very, like, like, not reading, like, the like the serious news. Like, I don't want to hear about COVID deaths, but if, like, they're picking out, like, the absolute bullshit and riffing on that stuff, that would be funny. If you if you find that funny, you should check out the podcast, um, Person in Person, or, uh... 
what is the, the Anchor Persons podcast? They rebranded the Anchor Persons podcast. It is, uh, they, they take real news, but it's like, it's, it's, they make comedy out of real news, but they don't pick the heavy hitting things. Uh, we, we partnered with them on Brose and, uh, we throw down like their, their promo for all of our episodes and they throw down a promo for us for all theirs. And it's just, it's, it's, it's such a good show. I'll think about it. I, I, I whittled down a bunch of my podcasts. I'm now only subscribed to about 90 of them. <laughs> um, so. See, I'm subscribed to, uh, probably a good 20 podcasts. I listen to like four. I'm subscribed to about 90. I listen to probably 20 of them. 20 of them regularly. Like, there are some that, like, I kind of, like, cherry-pick episodes here and there. Like, mm-hmm. um, Krista makes a podcast. Like, I only listen to that when he's talking to somebody that, like, I'd be interested to hear talk about their song. Because that's basically, it's Krista makes from Less Than Jake talking to musicians about, like, like the the nitty-gritty of them writing one of their, like, well-known songs. So, like, um, Mark Hoppus was on one of the first episodes talking about writing um, What's My Age Again. But, like, I haven't listened to one of them in, like, six months because there just hasn't been anybody on that, like, listen to, that, like, interest me. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I listen to, like, the Giant Bombcast every week. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all over the place. Um, speaking of all over the place, do you guys want to move on and talk about this Final Fantasy fourteen documentary? Yeah, let's get into Final Fantasy fourteen. No clips. Um... I do want to say it's a bad thing that we watched this. Did you resubscribe to Final Fantasy fourteen? <laughs> I want to. Well, look, it, there's good news. You can't buy the new content, <laughs> and you can't yeah. sign into it. So there's just literally no reason to do yeah. it. <laughs> so, so if Richie, it, whenever they start letting people rebuy, I'll jump in and play with you. <laughs> did the doc make you want to try it? I've been kind of wanting to try it for a while. Like, I, it's been super hyped up for like the last like year and a half especially and he- so heaven's word was a fantastic expansion i'm mad i never finished it like i i got to like i i, I don't remember like what update but let's just say i'm i made it to update 2.8 and then like the next update was the last one before 3.0 came out for the third expansion so, like, I literally had one more update to go before I stopped playing and, <laughs> and ended my subscription. And it's just, like, it was, it's so good. It's really well how they make that game and build that game and continue to support it. I, that, like, it has apparently gotten better with each expansion. Because there was one after oh, Heaven's Word, too, right? Yeah, there was, there was, uh, it was, um, so it was a Realm Reborn, Heaven's Ward, um, something... Shadowbringers and then the new one. Oh, there were two so between Heaven's Word and Now. Yeah, I, let me let me let me look those up uh, uh, while you intro the the the. the, the book. I've got yeah. it. Uh, go ahead. But go ahead and no, uh, I'm on the list. But oh yeah, those. I'm looking at it right now too. But yeah, so so this week we watched um, no clips Final Fantasy 14 doc series. Um, it's from 2017 is when they released it, or yeah, 2017 because uh, Stormblood had just come out. Um, and it's, it's very little about A Realm Reborn and further. It's very much about the release and just absolute shit show that the original Final Fantasy fourteen was. And then how internally they realized what a fucking disaster it was and pulled their shit together, restructured the team, and made a game that is now rivaling World of Warcraft after, like, like, 
Final Fantasy fourteen, the, the the original release came out in two thousand ten. And yeah. in twenty thirteen is when A Realm Reborn released. And yeah. between twenty ten and twenty thirteen, there they did not have a lot of players and it was a very bad game. And now it's yeah, it's it, one of the most popular MMOs of all time. Mm-hmm. It's 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 mind boggling that uh Naoki Yoshida was able to put the team together. And not mind boggling, mind blowing that he was able to put the team together and rebuild the game from ground up in a year and a half. Like, six months after release of the game, he became, like, lead director of Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn, and he was like, let's continue to support the game for the players that are there, and let's build a new thing for the, quote, like, I guess the first expansion, because it's version 2.0, but it's, it's a new game based off of this game that we fucked up severely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Drew, had you ever watched this before, or was this your first time also? This is my first time watching that one. I think the only other one I had watched all of was the Doom documentary. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, like, they they do really good work with their docs. Like, they, they really do spend the time mm-hmm. to do it well. Um, They mm-hmm. flew to Japan to actually do all these interviews, like, in the Square Enix offices, and they got, like, a surprisingly good, like, set of interviews from people like it wasn't just yeah like, like you kind of like us expect a a japanese studio especially at like the the director and executive level to be very just like tight-lipped and not really want to talk too much about it but like everyone they had was very like open to like discussing like what problems that game had and why it had problems and kind of like how they went about fixing it and i thought that was actually really cool to see because you just you don't see that perspective of that stuff all that often because, like, companies don't generally want to talk about their failures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they, they, they multiple times throughout it, at least um, the, the president of Square Enix at the time, uh, who was it, uh, Wada, as well as uh, Yoshida, and multiple times the two of them both had said, I don't know if PR will allow me to say this, but, and then said what they're going to say. And it's like it, it, it. They they opened up about like yeah we 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 didn't know what we were doing. Uh, well, and kind of and like I can't remember if it was them saying it or if it was Danny um, narrating it at certain parts. But like they they went into the fact that like they basically built fourteen uh, from like oh six to ten or something like that. Um, and they didn't take into account all of the changes to MMOs that WoW brought in. They mm-hmm. still base their game off of what they had done with Eleven, which was based off of games from the '90s like Ultima and EverQuest. And it's like, yeah, between 2000 and 2004 when WoW came out, like MMOs changed a ton. Well, and not between, but like at 2004 when WoW came out, like that game changed MMOs. Like, yeah. that's yeah. like across the board. That like you cannot release a, an EverQuest game that plays like EverQuest did in 1998 after WoW came out in 2004. Like, EverQuest only got to keep going because, like, they changed a little bit with the times, but they had that existing thing going. Like, look at all of the MMOs that released between, like, 2005 and 2010 and how many of them failed miserably almost immediately. Um, And, like, yeah, like, Square Enix just didn't take any other region into account. They just looked at, like, what people were doing in Japan and said, okay, well, we're just going to make it the same way we did before. Like, this game still plays. Like, people still enjoy it. Fuck it. (laughs) And and I I like that uh, they opened up about 
Yeah, one of our biggest failures was that uh, that tree had more lines of code and polygons and pixels and everything else than, like, a fucking char- a moving character. Like, we put more work into this tree to make it look beautiful, and then we used it so many spaces that it's just, like, server. the game was not really able to run very well. Yeah. Because of all of all of the background work uh, processing going in to the the five trees you see on here that are more program that are programmed and arted more than the character itself cuz they're like we create these games that are beautiful we need to live up to those standards with this MMO yeah and they they did they mentioned that a little bit too that they didn't change the way that they made games even though the hardware to play them had improved so drastically. So like mm-hmm. their games looked especially good on PS2 because they were just doing things in a very specific way that was very labor intensive, but like worked for them. And then by 2010, when there was the PS3 and more powerful PCs and everything, they were still doing it the same way. Whereas other companies, they didn't have to do it like the like the arduous way anymore. They were able to pump out the same quality in a fraction of the time just by like using the hardware and the tools that were available to them. And Square Enix at the time just they weren't trying any of that. They were just they were very much stuck in what they had done and what they knew how to do and they, they weren't interested in changing or learning. And it's just it's wild because like when I think of Square Enix games, like I, I think of Final Fantasy, even though like at this point they're they do so much because they're just a big publisher and they own studios all over the place. But like Final Fantasy games through like the PS3 and PS4 era, like they always looked a little bit better than most other games. Um, with like Sony first party being like the exception, like your your Naughty Dogs and Sony Santa Monica's, like I don't know, they they got like the extra horsepower out of the console that the other pub like other um publishers just weren't privy to. But, like, Square Enix's character models and backgrounds and everything like that always looked just, like, just, like, a step above every what everybody else was doing on any platform. And to find out that they were doing it in, like, just the most inconvenient way possible is, like, Jesus. What would these games have looked like if they actually knew what the fuck they were doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also... Now, Rich, did you ever play Final Fantasy XIV Pre-Realm Reborn? No, I, I did not get into it, um... I I wasn't really interested in MMOs and uh, at the time uh that that Final Fantasy 14 came out and I had a less than savory experience with uh Final Fantasy 11 cuz uh, Vanilla 11 was boring as fuck. Yeah it was. Yeah I did not like, like it 11. was like it was lit- like I remember watching Eric Fish for 6 hours cuz that was the only way to make money. And I was I was trying to be a white mage because I whenever we played we always made these plans that oh we're going to uh we're going to play together and so I was like all right I'll be the healer so I was the white mage and and uh like to level up to get to your job it's just it, it was such a drag and and it's just money was so hard to come by that like I just I didn't enjoy it so when fourteen was coming out. I was like, I played WoW, and WoW was really good. I don't really want to play another Final Fantasy, especially if it's anything like Eleven. That was my that that I had the same thought on it. Is I did not enjoy Eleven at all. I know other people mm-hmm. did. It was too much of a grind when I tried it, and yeah. I wasn't going to just play another game that was just a bad grind. And that was before I even had heard what a disaster the game was. That was just like, yeah. oh, they're making another MMO. Fucking no thanks. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I always liked it. Got the concept of you can be every class with your one character. You don't need multiple characters and all this. This way, like, all right, if I don't want to be healer right now, I could be something else. But in eleven, the grind was terrible, and then fourteen came out, and I don't really remember hearing anything about it after it came out. I know, I believe Shahed got it, and a couple of other friends they got it. Uh, but they like they didn't really talk about it, and I didn't really hear anything after its release until like a few months before Realm Reborn when they finally announced it, and then that's when Shahed comes out and it's like, yeah, uh, fourteen was absolute garbage, but they've been working and building it up over the past two years. Um, and that's when like I we got into the beta tests, and I I really fucking loved fourteen. Uh, or at least a Realm Reborn, and I was like, "This is great. This is a really good MMO." It's just it, it's it, it blows your mind to see where they were and where they came where they came from to where they are now, or at least where they are where when when a vanilla fourteen vanilla Realm Reborn came. Yeah, and seeing seeing like the assets and everything they showed in the documentary, like the fact that there was like that fatigue system that made it impossible to grind that quests were limited so you could only do like a certain amount of quests in a day and mm-hmm. beyond that like you had to grind but there was also the fatigue system so like they they literally made the game a chore to try to play and then on top yeah. of that it was just the UI was poorly designed apparently the map was useless um, mm-hmm. There were no jobs that were familiar to Final Fantasy. Like, there were no, like, Black Mage, White Mage, any of that stuff. You couldn't ride Chocobos. Like, every possible thing you could think of that would, like, signify Final Fantasy wasn't in that game. And it, it took um, Yoshida yeah. to come on and be like, yeah, there there was no Black Mage or White Mage. And it's like, this is Final Fantasy. Like, these are the classes I think of when I think of Final Fantasy. Like, you can't you, you can't play these games and not ride a Chocobo. It's an MMO. Like, if you have a mount, your first mount has to be a Chocobo. Yeah, it's 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 almost as if they tried to make this a cell phone game before cell phone games. Like, hey, come and play this, but you can only play for like three hours. If you want to play more, you're going to be playing at a disadvantage. Yeah, like and, and and like I understand the idea of like we don't like and even Yoshida talked about it like when he finished when at the end of the documentary, he's like, I don't want a game that feels like a chore. I want a game where people can go play. And then stop when they want to stop. If they only play during the updates, they only play during the updates, and that is fine. That's the kind of game I want. And it felt like that's what they were trying to go for with that initial system. Like, hey, this is a game where we don't want people playing for more than a couple of hours a day. But then it turned into being just a complete failure on that aspect. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, like, he was super, um, oh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Sincere. Sincere is what I'm trying to think of. Yeah, he was very yeah. sincere the whole time. Like, anytime he was on talking, like, he wasn't trying to speak like an HR speak and, like, dance around things. He was like, I micromanaged the hell out of this. Please don't mm-hmm. ever do what I do. Like, this was the worst possible way to make a game. But the game was broken, and I had a limited timeline, and the staff was already kind of, like, just depressed with the way the, the first one came out. So, like, every week, I would just get spreadsheets of everyone's tasks, and I would just look and see how long each thing took, so that the next week, I could give everybody, like, a revised timeline of, like, how long things would take to look, and it was a lot, and please don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's like, this is not a way to 
to manage. This is not a way to do this, but we had such a small timeline. We promised them this game on the PS3, and the PS3 life cycle was going to die soon, so we needed to get it out. And in that time frame, that we just, like, we, I, I, we had to push them. And then it was great, because he was like, and then after Realm Reborn came out, everyone took a breath of relief. And I looked at him, and I was like, I'm sorry, we're not done. We're not done until the first expansion comes out. And he pushed them again for another two, two plus years for when Heaven's Ward came out. And I, like, who knows if, like, things actually started to settle beyond that after then. And, like, they're not on that strict schedule. But, like, he kind of made it seem like he put them on that strict schedule through A Realm Reborn into Heaven's Ward uh, for quite a while before they actually, like, got maybe a break. Yeah, and to be fair, it doesn't sound like he was like, okay, everyone has to work, like, 13-hour days. Um, yeah. It was very much a, like, he factored in, like, everything to, like, plan out, yeah, yeah. A, like, a day. Like, he factored in two hours worth of meetings every day, and that includes, like, just random, like, two people standing at their desk, like, trying to decide, like, what the best animation looked like. Like, not yeah, really a yeah. real meeting, but still, it's, like, it's time spent doing yeah. something he- other than coding that, like, needs mm-hmm. to be done as part of the design process. He, he planned for all the coders, programmers, and everything, six hours of work, an hour lunch, and an hour of meetings and such. Like, he made, he, to the T, like, like, everything. Because he, it's, it's what had to be done. And it, it's like, it, it was, like, he didn't, he didn't overwork them, which is, like, that's as, one as of the far great as things. we know. Like, <laughs> as, yeah, as far as, as far as they were allowed to say, and as far as we know, he did not overwork them, he did not push, 10, 12 plus hours, like maybe some employees stayed later, sometimes I'm sure, to finish up that one final thing before the weekend or whatever. But like, as far as we know, like it was an eight hour day and they got it done and he just was on them, making sure they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And that, I, I thought that was cool. Like hopefully they weren't being overworked. Um, I also think it's kind of wild that through all of that, like them getting ready to basically relaunch the game, um, they were also still releasing like content updates for the base game up to a point. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. released, um, uh, Ifrit as a thing and they were, they were going to release Leviathan up until, um, the, the big earthquake that hit in 2011, 2012. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because they realized like that was just like, that was bad timing and that they couldn't do that. But like, they had like content plans up through like a certain point and it was um what it was late 2012 is when they basically like shut the game down finally and it was just a very slow build up of that comet thing slowly getting closer and closer to the world until finally it was like right there and they announced like yeah no the the game's going to go offline we're going to relaunch soon um the final day we're just going to spawn a bunch of monsters and fucking good luck <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was really cool, uh, the way that uh, they were talking about it. One of the uh, programmers, uh, I think he was a programmer, I don't remember, might have just been like one of the writers or something, just sitting there and he's like, I'm just in the game, on the servers, just throwing down these enemies that I know to throw down, and a programmer walks over and gives me a number, and I look at it, and he's like, and I'm like, what is this? He's like, Send that, just put that number into the system, and it starts throwing enemies that I don't even know what the, this number was. And I look and it's like, that's exactly what I needed, thanks. And I just start sending a bunch of those enemies at them. Um, it makes me, like, kind of bummed out that I didn't experience that. I wish mm-hmm. I was able to experience that end game. 
I wish I was able to experience the end of Eorzea of that era, um, live. And I want to go back and maybe try to watch videos of people playing that version and, like, learn more about the Great Gobel Wall and things like that. Yeah, that, that very much reminded me of some of, like, the old WoW stuff where, like, Alliance characters, like, back in, like, the early days when, like, level 60 was the, the level cap and everything like that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Alliance characters would form, like, legitimate, um, armies and then go, like, raid, like, Undercity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that used to be, that used to be a thing players did. Like, in WoW, you, I, I don't know if people still do it anymore. I don't know if you can. But yeah, that that was part of the fun of WoW was being able to go and like fight the Horde or the Alliance, depending on which side you were on. Like I always wanted to be a part of that when I played WoW, but I never got to that high enough level. Um, like WoW, even WoW became grindy at one point. At least vanilla WoW became super grindy at one point that I lost touch. At many points, like that game got very yeah. grindy a lot, and like Final Fantasy fourteen did too. Like especially if you were trying to level up. Um other classes like once you go once you went through all the story missions there weren't quests to do to level up so you had to just go do like world events and grind and stuff and it wasn't the worst grind like wow was way worse um but it was still you know to get that um like to get your your summoner or your black mage or anything like that how you had to have like two classes at a certain point to then get like the the elevated class like, getting that second class up to, like, the point you needed to could be a real fucking slog. Um, mm-hmm. I hear it's actually yeah. gotten a lot better. Apparently, getting through um, a Realm Reborn's content is actually the worst part of starting Final Fantasy XIV now. And, like... Yeah, that's, that, that really, that's what I hear. That really says something, because, like, as far as MMO content went, like, a Realm Reborn's content was pretty good. So, like, if that's the worst part of that game now, like, fucking good on them for apparently having an, a, a really good, like three four five expansion run yeah yeah it's 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 great um but yeah it was it was a really well done documentary and i i, I, I fucking told you. i was <laughs> look i i never i never doubted how well the documentary was going to be i'm just not i'm not a huge documentary watcher um i think with how and... much you like games though a lot of no clips documentaries you'd probably be more into because they have enough games that you're at least tangentially interested in on there and it's very much like a lot of their Mm -hmm. their docs are very much like this like it's very much like it's a look at the development and reception of a game not like not nothing negative about it generally like while this one um obviously focused on a lot of negative aspects it was because that was the story of this game it was a just complete failure that they fixed and re-released and made good Mm mm-hmm so it's like mm-hmm. it's like an underdog story or like a comeback story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anything else you guys want to touch on about it? No, not really. Rich, anything? How about you? No, I th- I think I think we really touched on a lot of it. Is yeah. I I think we're good. What about you? No, and and now you guys are going to get back into Final Fantasy fourteen when it becomes available again. <laughs> I I love MMOs at least conceptually, and same. Now I have a I, PC I, to run it. <laughs> yeah, I really like the idea of an MMO more than I I end up enjoying playing them long term. But yeah. like I do enjoy like dipping into them for like a couple months and like like honestly like that the grind f- at the beginning can be actually like fun. Like mm-hmm. going out and just like killing random things and doing fetch quests for like a few hours like in a new world with like a new character and stuff is yeah. fun. 
it's once you get to like level like 40 and it's taking you just tens of hours to get like just a few levels at a time that uh-huh. sucks yeah um but i guess uh rich do you want to talk a little bit about cobra kai season four Yes, um, we can talk about that before we plug the next book club because I'm still oh, trying shit. to figure yeah. that out. We'll, that. We'll, 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 we'll do that. We'll do that after you get your discussion because I'm still. I have I have a couple of ideas. I have one or two ideas. I want to just figure out which one I want to do. Okay. Um. But yeah, uh, Cobra Kai season four. I I watched it all. I watched it all in one day. It's usually what I do with Cobra Kai. Um. I technically two days because I watched like the first two episodes of New Year's Eve before our virtual party. And I watched the rest of it New Year's Day. If I hadn't watched it on New Year's Eve, I would have watched it on New Year's Day. Um, I, I really enjoyed this season. There's, there's a couple of like B slash side stories and, um, or like outcomes of side stories that I just like, I was like, eh, eh, about like iffy. Um, like the, 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 how, uh, Miguel's, uh, story for this season wraps up. Um, I'm not saying he's leaving or anything. I'm just saying how his story wraps up for this season. I was just like, meh about, like, I didn't, I didn't feel any way about it. Um, but overall, they did it really well. Uh, it was very good, very entertaining. Um, the, the new kid, uh, what's, what's his his name's not Marcus, is it? Is it Marcus? I don't think so, but it might be. You're talking Uh, about, about like uh, the younger kid, right? Yeah, yeah, the younger kid that joins their, yeah, that, that, uh, uh, is, is being bullied by LaRusso, by LaRusso's son. Um, who'd have thought the fucking he, villain of Karate Kid's son ended up being a fucking prick? <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he straight up needs to be the next Miles Morales. I, if they ever I have do a live seen action Miles Morales online, people saying that. He's, he's really good. He's a really good actor. And he just, he did really well in this season. And I really feel, that if they were to ever do Miles Morales, he needs to run for it. He needs to go for it. Um, there's a lot of good redemption arcs. There's a lot of good story arcs in this season. Um, and just learning or just going through the whole season with, uh, what is, um, what is the new villain's name? Um, oh, Terry Silver? He was Terry Silver. Yeah. Going through and watching, uh, Terry Silver, uh, evolve throughout this season was, was, was fantastic yeah so to, um, so i have only watched up to episode three i just have i yeah i haven't had the time between getting in the like between work getting in the documentary some other stuff like i i am surprised i managed to watch three episodes <laughs> yeah that's that's why i'm choosing my words wisely and saying words like evolve rather than something else like how he changes through the season um, Which that has started to happen a little bit already. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm interested it, to see if he if, if he ends up as the Terry Silver from three, and how I, I'm actually really interested to see how um him and Daniel end up interacting because like, uh-huh. do they do they go into like what happened in Karate Kid three in this season the way they went into what happened in Karate Kid two last season? I, they touched on Karate Kid 3 a little bit last season, but they did touch on 3 a lot this season because... Okay, good, good. Cause just... That's, that's, yeah. But, well, because, like, because of what happens in 3 where, like, Terry Silver comes in and kind of, like, takes over Cobra Kai after Kreese, like, just fucking fails miserably and gets beat up by an old man, um, like, he's, like, he is almost more of a villain in 3 than Kreese was in 2 because, like, yeah. he basically, like forces Daniel into the tournament, but then, like, trains him because Mr. Miyagi won't. But, like, 
some of the worst training he could have gotten for like how he was taught to fight. Um, mm-hmm. to the point where like I feel I almost feel like he should have like just anxiety issues being around that guy. <laughs> that I I'm not I'm not going to speak too much, but uh, like their their interactions from three play a big part in their interactions which, in this season. Which is good to hear. I am look I'm looking forward to, to to watching the rest of it. I told you on on like Messenger, I was not really feeling in the those first two episodes that they happened in that like B plot with um with the the Larusso son and and the new kid. Like it just yeah. it felt very very predictable. And like it still does and frankly a lot of this show is very predictable um unnecessary drama like with how with how often people just like see a thing happen and rather than being any sort of fucking level-headed human about it they go off in the complete opposite direction at just full fucking speed is mind-blowing but it just it works for some stupid fucking reason <laughs> yeah like every time something happens in the show, I'm just like, oh, th- this is going to cause like a-, a split, or like, oh, these two are like laughing at a joke. Such and such is going to come in now and get the wrong impression, and there's going to be a fight. And like, yeah. it happens every fucking time, but it's still entertaining every fucking time. Also, I only just realized like this season that Daniel's wife is fucking Sheldon's sister from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. Did not realize that until this season, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad the, that you the... enjoyed the whole season. The new kid's name is Kenny. He's played by Dallas Dupree Young. Right. And and his, so, I mean, his brother is um, one of the kids that Robbie met in Juvie. So. Yeah. I, 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 I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if you knew that yet. Yeah. So, like, like Robbie has already interacted with the kid. Like, they, they had their little, like, okay. training session. And, um, mm-hmm. and the kid sucker punched the one douchey bully kid. Yeah, <laughs> not the the one his age, like the the shitty bully that's part of Cobra Kai, like the the one Asian kid. Yeah, the, yes, he's so Kenny's in Cobra Kai now. Yeah, yeah, he's he's part of Cobra Kai. Okay, yeah, yeah. he he sucker punched that guy, and then Crease was just like, "All right, take off your fucking shoes, like get on the mat." Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be uh, very interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, apparently, season five's already done. Um, is it, it's already filmed? filmed. It's already filmed. It's, it's, yeah, it's filmed. It's just probably in post-production at this point. Uh, it seems like they're Netflixing it. So it's going to be, uh, like, uh, maybe twice, twice a year kind of show, which I wouldn't be mad at because it's short seasons. And, and unless they uh, cancel these, it after season five, unless they cancel it after season it, five, it's Who Netflix. Knows? Netflix only gives it, shows three seasons. This would be the third season. A, according to Colbert on Tuesday. Maybe Monday, because uh, he had Machio on uh, one of the days this week. According to Colbert, this is Netflix's biggest show. <laughs> like they would, ha- they would be stupid to cancel this at after five seasons. It's Netflix though. Like they're weird. So like it might be their best viewing show. Like and like Netflix doesn't release any sort of like statistics for that unless they really really want to. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is if they're not getting new subscribers, then they don't give a fuck. And at this point. There just aren't that many new subscribers left. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the thing. They need they need to instead of worry about new subscribers, worry about viewer count because it's not a lot of people that don't have enough. Yeah, but for for them, it's very much because like they've canceled like shows that had huge viewerships before, just because like it wasn't worth the cost to make the show because they weren't seeing new subscriptions coming from it. 
Yeah. And, like, that sucks. Like, I get it. Like, that's kind of how you have to make... Like, that's the only way that you're making more money. Like, if you have 100 subscribers and all 100 of them watch a show, you're not making anything extra off of them for the, the amount of time you spent making the show. But if that show brings in 10 new subscribers, you made 10 times the money you did prior. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I like that show. I, ho- I hope it doesn't get canceled next season. And, like... They they did. I don't know if you've seen online. Um, Machio has said a couple times, like he he doesn't ever want to see um, Jackie Chan or um, Jaden Smith show up on the show, but he's totally fine if Hillary Swank wants to come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I agree with that. I'm not saying that I I don't like. I I thought the the Jackie Chan and um, Jaden Smith movie was fine, but it was just straight up a rehash yeah and it's uh just in china yeah it's, um, it's a different sort of thing too and because it w- it was very much like like a reboot ish of it it wouldn't really make sense to have them show up but like yeah the next karate kid it was still the it was pat moria as mr miyagi it was a continuation yeah. of like that story and universe because I, yeah, I think so like i this, think they even allude to daniel in it i think they do a few times and so, like, this is, this is kind of got to be like the, the, the Miyagi Sagi. Miyagi Sagi. Miyagi Saga. Like, it, it took it you only three come... tries to not say Sagi. No, I, I made fun of myself the second time. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. I, like, I knew what I was saying, um, the second time, and then I corrected myself the third time. Uh, say that five times fast, man. It's a tongue twister. I'll take your word for it. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely check it out. Yeah. If you have not watched Cobra Kai at all, it is such a great show. Seasons one through three were all created for initially for YouTube TV. Um, you, and I had to wait like two years. It was YouTube, YouTube Red and then YouTube, YouTube Red. Yeah. Uh, I had to wait two years for season two to three because they stopped wanting to put stuff on YouTube Red as a series. Oh, that's until Netflix right. took it up. I forgot about yeah. that. They, they finished doing season three. But then they stopped releasing stuff, so there was yeah. that, like, Netflix bought it, but then it was, like, a year before they actually released it. Yeah, and season three, or season two, ended with the, the, the brawl in the high school. Right. Shit, that so was season we, two. So we, we, we were left for, like, a year and a half, two years with that um, cliffhanger. It's like, watching Cobra Kai is like watching My Hero Academia. You get one new season every two years. Hey, look, up until least, COVID, My Hero was, like, once a year. <laughs> yeah, now we're, the new season isn't going to be until next fall, or until this upcoming fall. Which is when the last which, season was. When the last season ended was this fall. Like, it, it, it came out, like, mid uh, in the summer. Oh, that's right, it did launch in the summer, didn't it? Yeah. The so season before that ran into the fall. Yeah. Um. So, it, it tends to be how they... Look, man, every, like, Dr. Stone doesn't come back until January of 2023. And I'm, I've been, I've been watching Attack on Titan for 10 years and they only have four seasons. Yeah. So. And look, I don't know when Shield Hero is going to come back. So like anime is just fucked right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cobra, at least Cobra Kai is good. Like it's an enjoyable show. I'm looking forward to finishing it. I'm going to try and, um, watch a couple more, like, like maybe tomorrow and Friday, like if work's slow. Um, just Monday, month coming back this week because I was off last week. Um, Coming back mon- like Monday, Tuesday, and today, we're just fucking crazy busy. Too much going mm-hmm. on to be able to like watch something that I actually want to pay attention to. Yeah. Uh, but I guess uh, the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, some of the movies I watched on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Let's, uh, what, what the hell is Pig? Oh, God. You don't know what Pig is? I don't think so. All right. Ha- 
What are your thoughts on John Wick? Yes. Oh, is this this? No, this isn't the 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 Key and Peele one, is it? No, no, that's no. that was called Keanu. No, so this is uh, it. It is Nicolas Cage. Okay, is a truffle hunter in the Pacific Northwest. So, like the the oh like um Portland area. Um, mm-hmm. he has a truffle pig that is his best friend. Um, his truffle pig gets stolen. Um, the movie is him traveling around Portland trying to find his fucking pig. And I love it. So. All of the, like, all of the blurbs and stuff and, like, the synopsis for this movie leading up to it made it sound like he was going to be just kicking ass like John Wick. And it, it, it's set up like that. Um, he does not fight at all in this. It's great. It's, it's mm-hmm. such a good fucking movie. It's very dramatic. It's, he, he's basically a recluse. He lives in a cabin. He has no power or anything like that. Um, he basically, he doesn't even sell the truffles he finds for money, it seems like. He sells them for, like, supplies. So, like, this kid who's, like, in the exotic mushroom trade um, <laughs> comes up with, like, boxes of, like, supplies for him and gets the truffles in return. Yeah. And somebody finds out about this truffle pig he has because this guy basically, the impression you get is that he finds the best truffles um, compared to the other farms out there that are doing that stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and what you find out as the movie goes on was like, he used to be like a super prominent chef in the Portland area, like 15 years prior. Like he is like a five star chef and something happens. He gives it all up and goes and lives with his pig in the mountains. And this is dumb. Like, no, it's, it's so good. He like, at one point he goes to, it's an underground fight club for chefs. And do they actually fight or do they cook? No, no, they fight. Like they fight, like fight club fight. It's fucking brutal. Uh, Basically, this whole movie, he is covered in blood and dirt because he just keeps getting punched in the face. And just, he never cleans himself up. Like, the whole movie, he, like, at one point, like, he's sitting in this super fancy restaurant, and he's just dirty, covered in blood, wearing, like, the same old clothes he uses, he uses to forage for mushrooms. Like, drinking this glass of red wine and ordering deconstructed, um, scallops. Mm-hmm. And then, like, critiquing them. Like, the chef comes out and he fucking critiques the food. <laughs> it's great. It's so dumb. I mean, it's on Hulu. So I, I may have to check it out um, at some point. It's, it's I've, very I've got, good. I've got the next two two or more weeks of doing nothing. So yeah, def- I'll have time. Definitely check that out. Um, I also watched uh, the Netflix movie Don't Look Up, which is um, – it stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Is that the one where it's supposed to be like all the news people? No, it's um, it's Jennifer Lawrence and DiCaprio are um astronomers. Um, DiCaprio okay. is like a, a professor of astronomy at um at a university. Uh, Lawrence is a PhD candidate in astronomy, and she okay. discovers a comet that, when they like map the trajectory, realize it is on a collision course with Earth, and it is a um extinction level event comet. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a movie about them trying to convince people that, like, this thing is real and it's going to destroy us. And it's it's very much a satire. Uh, like, after I watched it and I, I was reading us reading up on it, like, I realized, like, this is a 100% the case and it's very fucking obvious. It's a satire on climate change um, mm-hmm. and basically how scientists know that climate change is a problem and they keep telling everybody else that it's a problem. But everybody else being the government and corporations are just like, nah, it's fine. Like, 
here's these other things we're going to do instead that will just make climate change worse. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's it's got a hell of a cast, though. Between just those two, um, Meryl Streep is in it. Um, Jonah Hill, Michael Rooker. Oh, no, wait. Is Michael? No, I'm thinking of a different movie. Um, Ron Perlman. Um, mm-hmm. Just so many fucking people pop up in this movie. Chris Evans is in it for a minute. Um, not that I, I, I know her music, but Ariana Grande is in it as a character who believes the comet thing and puts on this whole concert about looking up to see the fucking comet in the sky that no one believes is going to destroy them. Um, yeah, it's, it, it was just such a stupid, but good movie. A little long. It was like two and a half hours, but it was actually, it was, it was super good. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's, it's like a dramedy more than anything. Um, I will also watch Cruella, the, the, um, Cruella DeVille movie on Disney mm-hmm. Plus. Yeah. Way yeah. better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it was not bad. We watched that a while ago. Yeah, we kept meaning to and just kept forgetting because, like, we don't often look at Disney Plus for, like, movies when we won't want to watch a movie. Um, yeah. But, like, Emma Stone was really good in that. And I kind of liked the twists they put on it. Um, it, it definitely. I hated Maleficent. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. It was so fucking bad. Um, so, like, I didn't have, like, high hopes for this one, but, like, I was pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. I mean, you also don't like Angelina Jolie, so... And, like... But, so, that's the thing. She's I don't... The, she's, like, the only character in that movie for most of it. We've been over this before. It's not that I dislike Aunt, uh, Angelina Jolie. I think she's a good actress. She does not do any movies I like. It's just, like, all all the movies she's in just happen to be not good as far as I'm concerned. Except for Hackers. Hackers, fantastic fucking movie. Stupid fucking fantastic <laughs> hack the world guys hack the world um and apparently they're making a cruella too so there's that wow. I, I i didn't think it did that well to do a cruella too well it was straight to disney plus i believe um because it came out like back over the summer but yeah like mm-hmm. it it reviewed well enough and did well enough that they're going to do a sequel so like that's cool and that that movie also had a pretty good cast um but like the thing i really want to talk about guys fast nine the fast and furious saga Mm-hmm. I'm going to spoil it, so if you have not seen Fast and Furious 9, um, maybe jump ahead a little bit. It's, look, if you haven't seen Fast and Furious 9, such as myself, it's fine. You're still going to watch Fast yeah. and Furious 9 when you're ready to watch Fast and Furious 9. Yeah, I'm not going to put timestamps or anything in this, so like, just jump ahead a few minutes because I'm not going to spoil it for too long. Um, but like, starting now. Uh, they fucking went to space, guys. They did it in the most like bullshit Fast and Furious way possible. Of and course. it was the dumbest shit. So, only Taj and, or Tej, I'm sorry, Tej and Roman go to space, I should say. Not everybody, just those two. In a fucking, like, Ford Fiera or something like that, that's literally just got a fucking rocket strapped to the top of it. <laughs> um, They're wearing, like, old school, um, like, scuba diving equipment, because they can't get fucking actual spacesuits, so those are the next best thing. Um, And they have, um, like, a like a big like air force plane like like the sort of things that would have like a bunch of tanks in it um like the the plane basically it was a a more armored version of the plane that they make blow up at the end of fast and furious six um so they have that flying at a high altitude that when they get to the right altitude they disengage from the top of this plane and then turn their rocket fucking on to shoot into the outer atmosphere so that they can fucking attack a satellite yeah, um, yeah. I mean, so their plan is they have they have these super powerful magnets that they're going to go like knock it, basically like like fry it with the magnets. Um, 
but they they didn't account for something exiting Earth's atmosphere and it fucked the magnets up. So they just have they fucking burn Nos to jettison <laughs> themselves through the goddamn satellite. <laughs> oh, I gotta. Oh man, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. Um, they also. I'm, I'm not gonna spoil how they do this. Um, the way they bring Han back is the dumbest shit. Like, I am so glad Han is back. I fucking hate how they did it. I mean, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I I have a another bone to pick. Um, beginning of the movie, they they have one of their like 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 everyone's driving a different type of car moment, and they're driving through the fucking jungle in another country, mm-hmm. right? Um, Tej and um Ramsey are driving in like like a an off road jeep sort of thing, um like a, like a Bronco or a hum- something smaller than a Hummer, but like something like that, something that's not armored but definitely meant to be off roading. Roman okay. basically driving a fucking like um like armored tank, like like um a bigger version of Nolan's Batmobile, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have like the like guns or anything on it, but just this big armored fucking behemoth. Letty driving a dirt bike. So, like, also, you know, it works. Like, it's meant to be off-road. It works well in, like, the jungle stuff. Dom, fucking American muscle. He was driving, like, a Dodge Challenger or something stupid like that in the goddamn jun- jungle. Yeah, I mean, that's... I I did that in Forza. That's fine. But, like, it is the dumbest shit. And then when, um, when John Cena shows up, he is also driving a fucking race car in the goddamn jungle off-roading. And they're both, like, burning Nas and shit. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> At some point, Cobb, you have to get to a level of suspension of disbelief and just and just roll with it. Like, Oh, no, I'm totally there I, for the, think... the disbelief. Like, um, when Dom has to jump a giant gap between two mountains in his fucking um, American muscle car, totally there for that. Like, sure. Like, he, like, he burns Nas and then, like, hooks like a thing so that it swings him across like fucking whatever like i can buy that but like there's no way that car drives that well through like the jungle i mean it depends on how heavy those cars are the heavier it is the better it would drive in the jungle because it would have better grip on so the, uh... dom's may have been heavy enough but like john cena's looked more like a race car than like like the muscle cars that dom tends to drive and it's just yeah. one of those like Everybody else tends to drive a car that works for the scenario, except for fucking Vin Diesel. He's always just like, nope, I just want to drive this American muscle. Fuck every yeah, other car. That's, that's dumb. Like, at the end of Tokyo Drift, he rolls up to race... I don't remember his name. I call him Tex Sean. because he has a Texas accent. Sean. He rolls up to race Sean in a drift race in an American muscle car. Like... who? So and and just so those guys are in this movie. Some of the guys from Tokyo Drift, um, mm-hmm. they're the ones who strapped the rocket to the car. <laughs> yeah, so it's amazing. They went from drifters to like mechanical engineers. Tr- like the first time you see them, they are trying to race a fighter jet. Well, you, I mean, look in Fast Two, Fast and or uh, uh, Too Fast Too Furious. Yeah, Roman, right? That's 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 Luda's name, Roman. No, Tej is. Um, Tej. Roman is Tej. Tyrese. Right. Tej. All he was was basically a bookie. Oh yeah. Now he's like That's he's it. a he's a fucking rocket scientist. Now it's great. Now he's a world 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 star hacker and and rocket no, scientist. No, no, no. Ramsey is the hacker. Tej is everything else. Get it right. Yeah. Like so. 
these these kids who haven't been in a movie and 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 have had their uh um uh their leader dead for uh, what's it been now three movies like it makes sense that maybe they went to school and became um scientists oh yeah no they definitely didn't go to school like this is totally like they just fucking tried it like <laughs> like yeah no they they're still all fucking slackers but like they basically yeah. like they 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 borderline duct taped the rocket to a little fucking beater and tried to remote control race it with a fighter jet. It was the dumbest shit, but it's great. Like like don't get me That's wrong. Amazing. These movies are fucking amazing. I love them. This one probably the s- third worst. Um <laughs> the third worst. So like it, it's definitely like Too Fast is still the worst. Um I like honestly like I'd have to watch 4 again to really like kind of like decide if if 4 or this one was worse cuz it's just it was missing something like the, the villain and like how they played everything out just didn't feel worthwhile for, especially for the ninth movie. It, honestly, in my opinion, they haven't really been good since Brian passed or since Paul Walker. passed. Oh yeah. Away. I mean like eight was not as good as the ones before it, but eight at least had like this. There was something about eight that still worked to an extent. I think the problem yeah. with eight was you didn't have a character there with a connection to to Dom outside of Letty. And like it was just a situation where like her connection wasn't the connection that that you needed. You needed somebody like Brian that has that like brotherly connection with him. Um because that was eight was the one where like Dom was seemingly a, a villain. Like he was working with yeah. the villain until you find out why he was doing it. And like that's the movie where like there's at least something going on there and there there were stakes to that one because even though she hadn't really been in a movie much like they killed um um Elena. Yeah. But like this one like it just feels like okay, well we're bringing back a dead character, like we're sending we're sending a couple guys to space, like John Cena's here because the rock told us to go fuck ourselves. Um Helen Helen so, Mirren is a fucking race car driver in this one. It's great. But like the plot <laughs> is just like the whole John Cena side of it, like Dom having a brother, I think that's what breaks it cuz they also split the movie up with flashbacks of so how well do you remember Fast and Furious 1? Oh, very... Um, I'd say, like, I wouldn't be able to recite it scene for scene, but I would remember and recognize pretty much every scene. All right, so... If you get what I'm saying. In Fast and Furious 1, um, before... Actually, I think it's before. I might, I might have my timing wrong. At one point, Dom is telling Brian about how, like, about his dad and how he went to jail. Um, it was it was definitely before he knew that Brian was a cop because it was when they were looking at the car in the garage like midway through the movie. Um, yeah, and he basically says that like his dad died in in a race and that the the when he saw the other driver that was responsible for it, he just kind of like blacked out and just beat him with a wrench until he was essentially like crippled. Like like the, the dude couldn't drive anymore. He was a janitor going forward. Like that's the only thing mm-hmm. he could do. And Dom like went to jail for like a year or two or whatever. Um. They show us that in this movie, and it definitely changes the tone of that scene from the first movie, because it, it doesn't play out the way that they talked about it 20 years ago. And it's very much like it could very easily be like, that's just how Dom remembers it. But like, it's different than that. And like, it definitely feels different. It's not just a Dom lost his temper and beat a man to like to, crippled a man with a wrench. Like, he was pushed to do that. Like, he definitely took it too far. But, like, the guy was being a piece of shit about some stuff and actually started yeah. the fight. Dom just finished it. <laughs> um, but I, 
they've also gotten to this point where they keep redeeming villains in this movie in a way that like they just need to stop like the rock being redeemed and being like quote unquote part of the team worked in five and going forward because like he was never a villain they were the villains like they were the the bad guys in that movie he was he was the police um and it just so so happened there was a bigger villain for them to all take on well you you do you do know Dominic Toretto is just Goku, but an actual decent father. So, do we know he's a good father? I mean, I don't know because the only time we've seen him be a father was to save his son in fate. So, yeah, and like his kids ended a little in the very beginning of this one. Um, Yeah, and like they do kind of work out. Like, I guess like a little bit of spoilers again. If you want to jump ahead like a minute, Um, so they bring like Mia's in it. Like they they talk about that. In, in all the promotional stuff. And it works because she, um, like, it's her brother, too. Like, John Cena is also her brother. Um, mm. And, like, they very much dance around, like, the fact that Brian's not there. Like, they don't just pretend that he's not there. Like, they, they talk about him. Um, so at one point when they're all on the mission, like, she actually says, like, your son's safe. Like, he's as safe as he can be. He's with Brian. Um, and then at the very end of the movie, when they're having a barbecue, because they always fucking have a barbecue at the end of these things, and they're rebuilding yeah. the house from seven. Like the house got blown up in seven. They're fucking rebuilding it in in this one. Um, yeah, they're all sitting down to like eat, and they have an empty seat next to Mia, and the kids aren't there yet. I think like her kids aren't there yet, and somebody says something, and then you see a skyline pull down the street. Okay, so like they're keeping like the thought of him being in the movies alive without actually having to have the character in the movies. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I thought was actually, like, a decent way to do it. Like... Yeah. Like, they're not making him... They're not doing anything, like, cheesy or, like, just unnecessary with it. But, like, they're keeping the memory of the character alive. And, yeah. and Paul Walker, in that case, because, like, he was that character. Yeah. But, yeah. Fast 9, definitely not the best movie, but it's, like, so over-the-top stupid. Like, they go to fucking space. Yeah. You gotta go watch it. It's a Fast and Furious movie. What do you expect? Exactly. It's, it's dumb. Um... But Rich, what do you think is going to be your pick for the next book club? All right, Jordan. Yes. Do you have a dice near you or a die? Uh, I ca- yeah. Grab one. Anyone doesn't matter. Roll it and then don't tell us the answer. This will be easier to get into. Um. Okay. Cobb. Odd or even? Even. Jordan. Uh, well, it was a five. So it was odd. Okay. Um. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I came up with this thing and I wrote one for odd, one for even, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm tired. Um, anyway, uh, because it, you, you, you got it wrong. You said even and it went odd. I don't know. <laughs> we are going to, uh, I, I had one of two movies. Um, it's a long day. I've been dealing with a lot. Uh, guys, guess what we're going to watch? Fast and Furious had... Tokyo Drift. No. Uh, we're going to watch a kaiju film. Which one? We are watching 1996's Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. It is on Amazon Prime. Um, it was between that and a, and another uh, kaiju film that we will watch sometime in the future. The one that was that we were going to watch is only a half hour long. This one is... a. Uh, out an hour and a half long. So, all right. So, uh, I, 1990, 1996's Gamera, the Guardian of the Universe. I don't know what Gamera is. Is that like a thing I should know? No. Okay. No. It's, I've never watched a Gamera movie. It's and and as far as I can remember, Gamera has never been in Godzilla. 
Okay. So it is, this is a new kaiju for me as well as for you guys. Um, and Gamera has been, I think there have been some newer ones. There was, uh, one in 2006, Gamera the Brave. This one in 1990, in 95 has had a number of sequels, at least three, I believe. I think, I think I'm seeing three. Oh, it's like a big fucking turtle. And, That's dumb. Yeah. And Gamera has been around, he's been around since 65. Uh, but, um, I saw this on, uh, Prime the other day. I don't know why I was on Prime. I was just flipping through Prime and I saw a bunch of Gamera movies and I was like, oh, that, that would be fun. Uh, the other one I want to watch with you guys at some point, uh, but it's, it's only a half hour long. So, like, I'll save that for maybe if we have a intermediary, uh, um, uh, book club or just, I don't know, next time. It's, it's, it's a, it's the, the other one. It's going to be great. I've never seen that one either. But I've heard about it. But this is what we are going to watch. Again, Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, 96, uh, on Amazon Prime, or included with the Prime video. Um, I believe you might only be able to watch it subtitled. Man, what are you doing? A lot of these uh, Amazon Godzilla movies, you can only watch subtitled. Or not Godzilla, like kaiju films and stuff. I mean, because they, they, only watch subtitled. they might not have a dub. Yeah. Um, it's fine. So like, yeah. like I can watch a 90-minute thing that's subtitled. It's not like I, I don't... Like, I have a problem with that. Like, I've watched plenty of anime that way. You just, like, the kaiju stuff has just never been, like, my, my ballpark. So it's, I've never had mm-hmm. to, I've never watched one subtitled. Yeah, it's fine. But, like, it's... hey, it's a, it's a big turtle and something that looks like Ridley from Metroid. So. Yeah. It's, I, I, like I said, I don't really know much about Gamera. I've never watched anything of it. Um, um, I mean, I could even Google right now to see if Gamera and Godzilla ever fought, which I don't think they did. All right, so here, here is the, the little synopsis for this movie. Following a long absence from the big screen, Gamera made a triumphant return to, f- return to form in time for his 30th anniversary. With upgraded special effects and a more serious tone, now a guardian deity, Gamera tussles with a new incarnation of his old foe, the flying monster Gaios? First in Fukaka, and then in a spectacular aerial battle over Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So I guess Gamera is the good guy. Yes. And he is now a guardian deity. So we know that much. We know that the, the flying thing that looks like Ridley is Gaius. Gaios. G-Y-A-O-S. They fight at least twice. Um, I am confused how a turtle flies. Don't... Just don't... Look, you just talked about... Uh... Fast and Furious for fifteen minutes. Yo, there is science behind that. They strap a they strap a rocket to a car. That car takes off from an airplane already in the sky. That car can then break out of the atmosphere and make it into space. Science, man. Look, like te- look, think- Tej says it in the movie. It's all fucking numbers. As long as the numbers work, it's possible. I think um, Gamera farts fire, and that's how he flies. Are you being serious? I don't know. Uh, there, uh, look up the box art for Gamera vs. Jiger, J-I-G-E-R, or maybe Jiger. Um, just look up the, the, the box art for that. Uh, and, and that might, I think that might be how he flies. He, he, he farts, he farts fire. Oh no! There it is. His, <laughs> this is great. His legs go into his shell. Oh, and they and shoot out of shoots, the thing? He shoots out of his shell. Oh, uh, you know That's why great. you probably so there was a Gamera vs. Godzilla film in 1972. Yeah, I it's but it's Gamera vs. Godzilla, not Godzilla vs. Yeah. Gamera. So, so I've never watched it, and I just looked it up, and I can't find it 
to be viewed anyway. So they're from Rival Studios. So Toho does all the Godzilla. Um, Daie apparently does the Gamera stuff, which is why they weren't in stuff previously. Yeah. So that explains that. Um, but okay. So I guess that would be on the 20th. So what we will be talking about on the 19th and it will be on our episode released on January 20th. We'll talk about Gamera, Guardian of the Universe. Yes. Drew, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about that? Uh, like a 6. Okay. That is more than I thought. I I don't dislike the kaiju stuff, but I just don't go out of my way to watch it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's same. Like, I don't dislike it per se. It's just not a thing that, like, I care for. Look, uh, you know what? I'll give you a little uh, hint about the other one that I was thinking we were going to watch. It's called How From Beyond the Fog, and it is the the people are puppets, but the kaiju is a person in a costume. <laughs> but the guy who made the costume for this movie, this was a, I believe it was a kickstarted movie. It is a Japanese or, or just from the East movie. Um, the guy who made the costume was the guy who made the original Godzilla costumes. So like, but it's only a half hour long, but yeah, it's a puppet movie with a human kaiju. Um, nice. But no, we're doing Gamera instead. We'll do we'll do how some other time. But yeah, I guess that is probably a show then. Yeah. yeah, sounds like it. All right. Well, in that case, if you would like to see more or find more of our con- content, because I guess we don't have a lot of video content, if you would like to see more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, like Apple Podcasts, um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the, the fun podcast platforms. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. All that stuff helps a whole bunch. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Twitter and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. But otherwise, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See you.